Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. It is officially 1.14 in the morning, and I have rewatched through Thor The Dark World because I was thinking, you know, with the whole Naughty Dog situation going on at, over at Sony, I thought instead of me talking about that and contributing to that conversation when it pretty much has been beaten to death and in the end it doesn't really affect me because I'm not going to be playing it, I mean, I enjoyed The Last of Us 1 and watching other people play it, but I don't own a PlayStation, so it's not exactly a problem that I need to worry about. But, at the end of the day, um, I love Marvel movies. So, I was like, I'm going to watch you Thor The Dark World, and I'm going to kind of see, you know, what was wrong with the movie. And, there's not as much bad with that movie as I last remember. Now, I haven't watched Thor The Dark World in what feels like years. Because I haven't watched it in years. Um, I think the Thor movies are probably my most least watched movies of them all. But, this this is the uh, interesting thing. So, Thor The Dark World had a good story. And it was a good movie with good action sequences and beautiful visual effects. The only thing that I didn't like about Thor The Dark World is some of the Earth parts or the Earth story points when we when they were mainly focused on uh, Jane Foster and Thor on Asgard they kept jumping back to Earth and it just made no sense and in my opinion I think it's kind of stupid that they make the jump to Earth when they do it doesn't play a major point in the plot at all so, I found that very interesting, where a lot of the Thor The Dark World movie, a lot of the shittiness of the movie, pretty much came from just, you know, repetition of going between Asgard and back to Earth, but the Earth stuff just didn't matter at all. And not to mention, characters like Ian, like, not even really a big part of the MCU. Dr. Selvig, you see in uh, Age of Ultron, you see him in Avengers One, you know, Selvig makes appearances other than the Thor movies. However, if you look at Jane Foster or you look at any of them, they don't have any other appearances. Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts even has many more uh, appearances. You have more appearances from the fucking Captain America cast as well um, in terms of um, Steve Rogers' love interest, Peggy Carter. You see these characters come up more than once but in the Thor, the Thor characters, I feel like, are not touched upon a lot. Like, Jane Foster and, um, and her, uh, science lackey, her, her friend, um, you know, she, she's not really much of a character, and I uh, forgot what her character's name was, even though I just watched the movie. That's kind of how forgettable her character was in the MCU, but, um... She was uh, a character not really utilized much in the MCU along with Jane Foster after the fact. Um, the reason you remember Jane Foster and Eric Selvig is because... Um, oh, it was Darcy. That was her name. So, Darcy, the reason her character, in my opinion, is the weakest of the trio is because A, Jane Foster in the comic books had a big um, role and significance, however, and Dr. Selvig had a lot of um, significance in the Avengers storyline in general... But Darcy didn't really have much. And then they introduced this new intern character called Ian in the Dark World. Which made no sense because you never see or hear of Ian after the Dark World. At all. So, 
when it comes to um, some of these earlier, uh, earlier, yeah, earlier Marvel movies, um, I think the Thor cast is has one of the weaker string because Doctor Selvig is the only Thor character that's made appearances in movies other than Thor. Jane Foster didn't, and Darcy sure as hell didn't. So. You know, and then Thor 3, you don't even get to see Jane Foster or Darcy or Eric Selvig. They're, they're non-existent, you know? Pretty much after Phase 2, you don't hear or see these characters ever again. Pepper Potts makes pretty much an appearance in every Avengers movie, if I'm correct. She's in Avengers 1, she's in Infinity War at the beginning, she's in uh, Avengers Endgame quite a bit, um... In Age of Ultron, I can't remember if she was in that movie or not. But I assume, uh, I haven't watched in a, in a quick minute, but I'm pretty sure she is in there at some point. But even, even if she isn't, she's not only in all the Iron Man movies, but in almost every Avengers movie. Three out of the four. That's a pretty big significance. It's kind of the same thing when you look at Ant-Man, right? But Ant-Man compared to Thor, Thor is a part of the big three, right? The big three that kind of brought the MCU to light. And same thing goes with the Hulk, but the Hulk is its a lot more complicated because of the rights for the Hulk. Um, but yeah, so when you, when you look at the movie characters and, and who plays an impact and a big role... You know, Thor, in my opinion, other than, like, Spider-Man, has little significance on the MCU at large when it comes to these extra roles. But the reason I don't really talk about Spider-Man is because, A, Spider-Man is a ground-level hero, and I don't know why throwing in a whole bunch of kids for a good amount of screen time, or even a little bit amount, would make a difference. Ned was featured in Infinity War and in Endgame, but at the end of the day, he didn't really do much. He said maybe a few lines, but that was it. There's no reason to put those characters in there because they're just kids. Peter Parker's really the only one that should be um, majorly focused on. The Thor of the Dark World, though, a lot of people say they don't like this movie. And I don't know why. Because I, yes, I think Thor of the Dark World is one of the less interesting Marvel Studios movies. But in, in my full opinion, Captain Marvel is by far the most boring MCU movie and the worst one of them all just because it's boring. You know, we knew there was, you know, that whole controversy of Brie Larson and comments that she made and, you know, shit like that. But I don't talk about that when I talk about the movie anymore. I, I disregard that because the movie's out. The movie's been critiqued on the movie itself. I've done a critique of the movie itself. Um, but at the end of the day, Captain Marvel is just a boring movie to me. The premise and the characters in Captain Marvel are even less significant than any other character that we've had in the MCU. And... Thor, The Dark World, it's got a great story, and it's got a lot of, you know, home elements to it. Um, the only problem with Thor, The Dark World, is like I said, jumping between Earth and, uh, and back to Asgard, even though the Earth parts could be cut out of the movie and it wouldn't really change it, or the outcome. Um, it's kind of ridiculous, and not to mention they add in some new characters that legitimately don't serve any single purpose at all. So... There's that whole shtick of it. In my opinion, I think Thor The Dark World is better than Thor 1 in a few different ways. It, it, Action-wise, it definitely is. The thing is with a Thor movie is, though, they have yet to really make a villain that stands on the level 
with Thor, except for Hela. Hela was the only villain in the Thor movies that was actually able to stand up to Thor. Malekith, in my opinion, wasn't really a good villain. I mean, I thought the end fight scene was cool, but at the end of the day, I never really thought Thor was actually going to get killed, right? But then again, though, Malekith had, is a better villain than Captain Marvel's Jude Law character, uh, Marvel, because, first of all, Malekith is a dark elf, and for the race to survive, needs to make the universe pretty much go into darkness. But, on the flip side, then you look at a villain like in Captain Marvel with Marvel, and his whole goal is to keep Captain Marvel, um, Carol Danvers, from unleashing her full power. That, like, why? Like, 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 where is that interesting? Because with the Dark Elves, it's the survival of the race sort of ordeal. But at the cost of every other race in, in the, uh, galaxy, in the universe. And it's like, that's interesting. You know, while he might not be even close to one of the best, uh, Marvel written characters, in my opinion, I think the Vulture and Thanos are definitely the top two probably best written villains. Because, in my opinion, they're the most sensible, I guess. I guess you could say Killmonger, you know, has some... Like, Killmonger, for me, is kind of an iffy one, because I understand where he comes from in the sense that, like, you know, he feels like that African-Americans should be armed and fight back against their oppressors. But at the same time, that plot line is being done in a movie where that whole, you know like, time period and stuff, it's well beyond that, you know? Like, when the movie takes place, and in real lifetime, discrimination is nowhere near where it was during the Civil Rights Movement. There are laws in place to protect minorities. And, and that doesn't matter, rather, you know, you talk about sexual orientation to race, that's just how it is. There are laws to protect them nowadays. And... Yes, there are still racist people and terrible people. There's always going to be. But at the end of the day, Killmonger is kind of fighting, you know, a war that he is well beyond at that point. I mean, I get Killmonger wanting to kill, you know, the Black Panther, um, Chadwick Boseman, because his father, you know, Chadwick's, uh, or... Black Panther uh, T'Challa's father T'Chaka killed his dad, uh, Killmonger's dad. I can understand why he wants to go after and uh, rule over Wakanda and kill um, and kill uh, T'Challa. That's understandable. That's the good part about Killmonger. Is like, okay, he wants to go kill T'Challa because T'Challa's dad killed his father. That's understandable. That's a good villain plot point. It's a good revenge story. But then when you start adding in, like, oh, African Americans need to be able to rise up against their oppressors, it's like, that, that's when the character starts to fall because it's like you had a great premise to begin with, but now adding this premise on just kind of feels like, where did this come from? You know, like if this movie was made, let's talk about, you know, back during the civil rights movement, I could understand that plot line a lot more. But we live in 2020, where there are laws to protect against discrimination, and it's very much frowned upon if you do discriminate against people. So, in my opinion, I think that the time period in which that whole plot point came 
to fruition is it just makes no sense so yeah like when it comes to mcu villains in general especially when we're talking about thor and and whatnot i know it's mainly a dark world video but i have to talk about other aspects of the mcu to get my point across with one movie there are good villains thanos thinks by killing half the universe's population well not killing them but erasing them that he will save the other half he thinks he's doing the right thing but he's going about it in the wrong way, right? And uh, when you look at the vulture, he's just a dad trying to support his family. His job gets taken away from him. And he turns to black market dealing of alien weaponry to support his family and his daughter, who he loves very much. That's why he's a very relatable villain, especially for a working class parent. You know? And then Killmonger, like I said, is a 50-50 because him wanting revenge on T'Challa because T'Challa's dad killed his father makes complete sense. But then adding in the whole African-Americans need to have guns from or weapons from Wakanda to kill white people. Let's just kind of go out because that's basically what he's saying. Um, that part makes no sense to me. That part, I don't understand where that comes from. Because even when he was a kid, he was not alive during the civil rights movement, if I'm correct. When, to, uh, when Killmonger was a child, he was not alive during the civil rights movement, if I'm correct. Which I think I am. But, point being, that should not be a plot point. At all. Like, that should have been not in the movie. If that wasn't in the movie, I would have thought Killmonger would have been, for sure, tied with the Vulture... For, for different aspects, but they added that stupid bullshit in. So I was like, that hurts the character. You hurt the character that way, you know? So, and then you get to Malekith. Malekith is understandable where he's trying to, you know, have his race survive, but at the expense of others. I mean, I get, like, you get the plot point, but it's not the best written one, you know? Like, if... Thanos is different. Thanos isn't just trying to, you know, his race is went extinct. He was the only survivor. Difference between Thanos and um, Malekith is that Thanos was going to eliminate half of life. It didn't matter what species it was to save the other half of all the other species. Malekith just wanted to, to kill everything but the Dark Elves. At least that's what I got from the movie. And that's where his character's not as well written because it, you're less symp- you know, sympathetic for him. Because Thanos, you know, is a bad guy and he's ruthful, but at the same time, he's trying to do something good, but he's not going about it in the right way. Like, his heart is in the right place in trying to save lives, but also it's not because he's going to take them to save them. So... That's, that's where the villain dynamic there works. Now, the, the whole love story between Jane Foster and Thor worked out very well. I thought it was very well written, and it was a very great um, part of the movie. I liked how they also faked out Loki's death. That was really interesting as well. I really liked how they did that. But one thing I just didn't like about this movie is, like I said, them bouncing back to Earth. Because, like, Darcy, I don't care about her character. It's just a pretty girl on screen. You know? She is kind of like the dummy-dumb of the group. And then Eric is, like, the really intelligent one along with Jane. But he's, like, weird. You know, you have, like, the spectrum of... You have Darcy, who's, like, the dummy-dumb. That's an intern. 
for this really smart girl, and then as Jane, who's like the really smart one, and her head screwed on right, and she's the leader, and then you have Eric, who's also really smart, except he's fucking unhinged and off the walls. So, yeah, there's, they're like the fucking yin and yang, and then fucking Jane's just like in the middle. Um, but yeah, so the Earth stuff I really didn't care about much until the end of the movie, which made sense because it was the final battle going on. Um, however, I, I didn't think it made sense as well. It's like, one thing that I questioned though was like, why are the worlds converging on Earth? Like, I would get that if that was like on a different planet, but why Earth? Why would the planet, you, you know, it just, it made no sense to me because they never hinted at anything like that throughout the MCU talking about that sort of thing. Like, all of a sudden, Thor's, like, the first god to show up on Earth, like... Because apparently that's what made S.H.I.E.L.D. start to ramp up, was Thor. Surprisingly, the Hulk was not something S.H.I.E.L.D. was very worried about. I don't know. I mean, when you... It's like the Abomination. Like, for instance, Red Skull, Abomination. The reason villains like that I don't really like in a movie is because they're just power-hungry villains. They want more power. They want control. They're very simple villains. Um, Obadiah Stane from Iron Man 1. Based off of jealousy. Malekith is better written than most of the earlier villains in the MCU. Even better than Loki, because Loki just wanted to rule. So, at the end of the day, guys, Malekith is one of the better villains in the MCU. He's, he's not in the top five. If he is, he's at number five. But he's not on the bottom of the list. Bottom of the list would be like Jude Law's Captain Marvel, or, yeah, Marvel. I don't know, I don't know, like, that's fucking terrible, like, one of the worst villains. Then every villain that's power-hungry, a.k.a., so Loki would be back in the low parts of the list, Red Skull, Abomination would be back there, fucking the Iron Man 2 villain, whose name I can't remember, a oh, Whiplash, him, um, you know, that's, um, those, those villains are, are pretty shitty, because they're power-hungry villains, there's no plot to them other than, I want to rage war, and I want to kill things. Obadiah Stane had jealousy. He's like a step above the power-hungrier ones, but at the same time, still not really a great plot premise for a villain. You know? And that's the thing the MCU struggled with for a long time, was making a good villain. The reason Captain America, like, for instance, having Alexander Pierce be one of the, you know, better villains, he, yes, he was power hungry, and yes, he wanted to, like, make the world bend to their will in an extent. However, I think it's funny because you thought he was a good guy for at least most of the movie. Here's the funny thing, right? Here's the funny thing I find about the Marvel movies in general, when all these big events happen, where the fuck are all the other Avengers? Because you would think Hydra wanting to mow down half of the population of Earth as a big problem. Um, Dark elves invading the Earth in an alien spaceship, that's a big problem. Um, let me, uh, some other ones. Uh, that I'm trying to think of. Spider-Man doesn't really have an Avengers-level threat, so his movies don't really pose anything 
um, significant, um, fucking Iron Man, you have the Mandarin, a fucking terrorist, blowing shit up, threatening the President of the United States, you would think S.H.I.E.L.D. and or Captain America would be on that shit, and not Iron Man of all fucking people, that's the one thing about the MCU that I don't understand. There are self-contained movies and there's the big team-up Avenger movies, but at the same time, why is it that these solo movies have Avenger-level stakes in them, but you you don't see legitimately the Avengers come together to fight these other threats? You know what I'm saying? Because, in my opinion, I would say Aliens Invading New York would be less of a threat than Hydra mowing down half of the Earth's population. I get they're aliens, but they were only in New York in that movie. Like, there are states in solo movies like Malekith turning the universe to darkness. That's a pretty big threat. And that was a more imminent threat than fucking... Like, like I don't understand the MCU in some ways, because... Thanos has been trying to get the Infinity Stones and shit, but yeah, here's Malekith possessing an Infinity Stone trying to kill off half the universe. Where the fuck was Thanos? He's just gonna let that shit happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're getting off on a tangent here. So I'm probably just gonna rename this, you know, fucking, you know, the Thor, you know, retrospective and then MCU villain talk because talking a lot about villains. Just, there's a lot of things in the MCU that just don't make sense. But at the end of the day, Thor The Dark World is a good movie. I definitely have a lot more respect for it now, and I can definitely rate it a lot higher now. Um, it's not as bad of a movie as everybody thought it was. Like, I don't, I don't know what's so bad about that movie. Um, there are movies in the MCU that I would rate lower than that. I even, I gotta say, The Incredible Hulk I would bump down after watching Thor The Dark World because even though I don't blame it on the Hulk, the Hulk not only didn't have a good villain, but they jumped all over the place when it came to the Hulk. I mean, I enjoyed The Incredible Hulk. It's just, I think Thor The Dark World's a lot better. Um, Iron Man 2 I would rank below Thor The Dark World. I think Iron Man 2 had one of the weaker stories. Iron Man 3 and Iron Man 1 were good movies. Iron Man 2 was the odd one out. Iron Man 2 was not a good fucking movie. It really wasn't. Because when I think back at it, like, there's nothing great about Iron Man 2. The villain wasn't good. I don't know. It just, it, it just, Iron Man 2 just didn't feel like a good movie to me. I don't know. There's just, I didn't really like much about it. For the Dark World, I actually really enjoyed. I just think that some things could have been, you know, worked upon more. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have to say. You know, tell me what you think about the MCU villains. Um, and, you know, you, and what you think of Thor the Dark World and what you like and dislike about it. You know, uh, can comment on YouTube and send messages to us. I mean, nobody does, but I'll still keep saying it because maybe someday somebody will actually want to have a conversation with us about it. But... Thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoy, and I'll catch you all in the next one.